and welcome to Soundscape Vietnam, a podcast highlighting the music makers from the north to the south. My name is Jeremy, and I'm your host. Joining me today is Canadian rapper and songwriter Luke Lowen. Lowen, right? Indeed. Pronounced Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Better known by his artist name, Noose. He is currently based in Hanoi, where he's been making waves in the rap scene. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. Uh, life in Hanoi is pretty normal now. Yeah, it's getting back up to normal. I'm happy to not have to cook for myself, and I'm <laughs> glad I can go outside. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hoping it's totally, totally normal soon. What was your lockdown uh, dish, like go-to lockdown dish? Oh, man, dish? I cooked way too much spaghetti. Way too much spaghetti. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not very good at cooking or anything like that. So I have like spaghetti and then grilled chicken and I just kind of cycle through a, like three things and I was getting right. pretty tired of that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine, uh, sometimes you just lose the motivation, even if you love to cook, like yeah. it's just all the time, all the time. Yeah. 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 So I just mentioned that you're Canadian, but whereabouts are you from exactly? Yeah, so I was born in uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in Canada, and mm. that's pretty much right in the middle. That's like the longitudinal center of Canada, and yeah. So I, after that, I moved to Ontario when I was five years old, and I moved back to a small town near Winnipeg when I was fifteen years old. Okay, and how big is Winnipeg. I mean, that's that's a city, right? Um, Winnipeg's a city. Yeah, I'm not sure actually of the population. Definitely nowhere near Hanoi. But uh, the town that I was living in is like sixteen thousand people or something. So <laughs> it's like okay. like a hamlet over here. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Very very small. It's even smaller than my small town. Oh yeah. And and what was life like growing up in those different places? Um. Yeah. So in a small town called Steinbach, that's where I was near Winnipeg, um, is quite boring and flat and not much going on other than what you can do to entertain yourself. And uh, yeah, so that's, it's much more, it's in the prairie, so it's much more open and the landscape's entirely different than it is here for sure. And the population density, of course, is is much different. So whenever I, whenever I return back home anywhere in Canada, I guess, compared to Vietnam is sort of like, I get like reverse culture shock because there's like nobody honking and it's like, it's all quiet. <laughs> I'm like, is, what's going on? Why is it so quiet? And uh, last time I went back, I actually started like walking in the middle of the road, like in front of cars and stuff, like as you would do here. And I'm like, oh, they're all, honk they're all honking <laughs> at me or like everybody stops and like lets me go. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, keep driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean by the reverse culture shock, especially the the quiet. Yeah, like when you're in your house at night or wherever you are, yeah. and just how quiet it is outside. It, it's like kind of freaky. It is, man. Yeah, it is. I'm just like walking around, and all the cars are driving in a straight line. Like that was that was <laughs> the most eerie for me. I'm like. Everybody's driving really nice. <laughs> no bus. No buses are trying to yeah. overtake on a. On a two-way, yeah, no two-lane double highway. passing on a blind mountain corner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 
Uh, what were you doing before you came to Vietnam? Um, before I came to Vietnam, I was traveling in Australia. And before that, I had dropped out of college. <laughs> and I went into college because I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. And at that point, it was kind of a decision just to get things going. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to school. And maybe that will lead me to some other opportunities. But shortly after and, you know, starting school with no real focus or real path or goals, I quickly lost my motivation and really thought like, is this really what I want to do? Do I want to spend all this time and money for the next few years and then not even get a job related to this? And then that was when I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to quit school and save up and go traveling to hopefully find some motivation or some kind of calling somewhere else. And then I ended up here in Vietnam and I've been here for three years. So I think it was a good decision. Uh, yeah. Anytime someone comes to Vietnam, that's a good decision. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you end up here specifically? Like, um, yes. What led you to be here? Right. So I was in my, it was in when I was in Australia and my roommate, my Australian roommate said he had been to Vietnam and I was trying to travel somewhere before going back to Canada, but I didn't really know where. And he just mentioned, Hey, Vietnam's cool. You can get a bike and travel across the country. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. I'll do that. So it wasn't really much thought. And that leads me into actually another thing I would like to say is that I didn't really know anything about Vietnam before I came here. <laughs> so everything that I experienced was like a total adventure. And even when I was traveling with people, I was just going with the flow. I'd meet some people and they say, Hey, we're going here on this bike trip. I joined them and keep going. So I didn't even know where we were going. And suddenly it's like, Oh, there's this beautiful cave or like, this is amazing. And then <laughs> it was like a whole new, mm. whole new, uh, way to experience it because I'm sure that some people will like look on YouTube of the travel vlogs of the, these places before they go there and like, they know what they're going to see. But to me, it's just like, being shown to me every day, this amazing country that was an awesome experience. Mm. I'm definitely one of those people that likes to see what I'm getting into. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, no amount of research that I did about Vietnam before moving here mm. could have prepared me for exactly right. how it, how it is day to day. For sure. For sure. And, and in, I, I still, after five years, see something wild yeah, or, exactly. or hear about a wild story that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, totally. So what are some of the things that you love most about living here? Um, I really like the busyness of the cities and I could find the beauty in the chaos of all the, the hecticness. And that's really different from back home, which I thought might drag me down or, you know, be hard on my mental health with all the stuff going on, but I think it's a, it's a good stimulation and I think it's really exciting. So that's one thing I mm. like. Um, although my favorite thing in Vietnam is definitely the mountainside and motorbiking through the beautiful mountain scenery. That's was one of the best experiences I think I ever had. The best feelings I ever had is just weaving through the mountains. Um, mm. So yeah, like I can live in Hanoi and that, you know, the busyness of the city does get to me every once in a while where I want to go escape to the mountains for a bit. But, uh, but I appreciate kind of both sides of it. Cause I wouldn't want to live in the mountains either. Cause then I'll be like, 
or how am I going to eat McDonald's or go record music? So it's like, <laughs> I like to go there, but I also like to live in Hanoi. You know what I mean? Right, right. You, you got to have the conveniences yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So is there any particular destination that's your favorite um, among the mount, different mountain areas? Uh, the mountains in Hazan province are probably some of the most spectacular that I've witnessed. And I've done the, you know, the Hazan loop, I've done mm. that twice now. And yeah, I just like never get tired of the epic mountains, man. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, I love the mountains too. And especially having that little bit cooler weather. Yeah, yeah. Is nice. For sure. Take a break from the sweat yeah. of every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I want to talk about your musical background. Um, I, I've seen you post some like Facebook and uh, Facebook stories about, uh, well, showing you playing guitar and singing right. in addition to, to your rapping. So can you tell me a little bit about um, your musical history, like as far as doing music or, or learning instruments? Yeah. So um, I took a little bit when I was really young, my parents made me take piano lessons and that was like a, a chore for me. That wasn't like a yay piano. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and so I stopped doing that. I can't remember what age, but I did that for a few years when I was young. And then I, when I was 13, I think I took guitar lessons for a little bit until I broke my wrist. And then oh, shit. I just kind of lost my spot with my guitar teacher and then just never took lessons again. So like, um, it hasn't been a consistent thing with, with music for me. So I have two guitars now here and mm. it was only when I was in Australia, like a few years ago, and I started playing guitar again and actually practicing it and I'll practice for like a few months and then I won't touch it again for six months. And then that process will kind of repeat. So it hasn't been, it hasn't been a consistent thing for me. So you've done a bit of singing in some of your songs, like the choruses. Um, do you plan on incorporating guitar that you do yourself? into the songs or, or have you done that already? Um, I haven't done that yet. I, I feel like I'm not at the level of actually recording myself playing the, the guitar. I think I'm still pretty, pretty new at it, but for sure I would love to, like I do create my own melodies somewhat, you know, with absolutely no, mm. no musical knowledge, just like this chord sounds good. Oh, this chord sounds good. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, I would at some point love to do that, but I haven't started that yet or, yeah, pursued that yet. So, right. Okay. Do you ever do you ever just like hum something out loud and then that goes into a song? Um. Yes. Sometimes I'm biking down the road, and then I'll get something in my head, and I have to. Well, it, that happens really a lot with lyrics for sure, and I don't want to lose it, so I pull over and write mm. in my notes. But yeah, sometimes with melodies too, like and. Sometimes that will kind of be initiated by listening to some other song. So sometimes actually what I notice myself is I'll hear a melody like of some like rock song or whatever, whatever song that doesn't have lyrics mm. and like a vocal melody will pop in my head that would go along with that, that it's totally different what the actual lyrics or vocals of that song are. And I'll take mm -hmm. that and I'll kind of use that somewhere else. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
Cause that's kind of what I do when I write rap music too, is I, f I usually typically find a beat and put my lyrics or melodies on that beat. Mm -hmm. So if that happens with the, it can happen with a metal song and some lyrics will come in my head that I, that I would never think of, or the melody will come in my head that I would never have thought of listening to like a boom bat beat or something, but I can still mm -hmm. use that somewhere else. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you have mentioned on your YouTube channel and other places like in your bio that you started writing lyrics at the age of 15. <clears throat> but you didn't start creating music seriously into until two years ago. Yes. So what was the inspiration um, and turning point from going to like hobbyist notebook writer to printing out songs like all the time? Yeah. So yeah, when I was 15, I started writing and there was many years of, oh, I'm going to record songs soon. And just nothing went beyond me saying I want to do it. And I was making excuses and letting a little bit of maybe fear and anxiety and just kind of put a wall up there and stop that from happening. Um, mm. So just my fault that I didn't start it earlier. And then, yeah, so I was get, like kind of working up towards it, writing more songs that were ready to record instead of just lyrics. I was actually like, compiling full songs with choruses and whatnot. Um, and then that was around the time that my mother passed away and when she passed away, it really made me think about what would happen if I was in her position and I didn't write any music and my whole life I was saying, Oh, I hope I can record music soon, but I never did. Then I would be really mm. disappointed with myself. So I, that was at that point that I realized that's what I want to do. And so I did it. Well, first, uh, I'm sorry to hear that about Thanks. your mom. Um, something very similar happened to me. Also, my mom passing away inspired me to uh, write more music yeah. and, and eventually turn that into actual songs. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's great when people can create art from pain that they've experience yeah for which sure. it seems like such a cliche right but there's there's no there's no better inspiration than something you've lived yourself oh yeah absolutely yeah turning turning something negative into something positive that can positively affect other people's lives when right. the root of that is something negative i think that's a beautiful thing to kind of blow that up into something that can positively affect others right for sure and when it when it comes to your style, uh, do you have any particular influences, um, both from rap and from other genres? Yeah, so for rap, I listen to Mac Miller. He's one of my favorites for sure. Mac Miller, mm. um, MF Doom, Action Bronson, Eminem, Big L, Big Pun, like l lots of stuff, man. Um, it's pretty hard to say some favorites, but yeah, Action Bronson and MF Doom are, are some that always like their writing style and the lyrics always influence me to get writing myself. And mm. when it comes to non-rap, um, I've listened to many, many, many different kinds of music, like blues, folk music, old school, like classic rock, um, 
metal, pretty much a bit of everything. Um, I listen to some classical music too. Like my friends used to make fun of me because I'd sometimes like play Beethoven or something at a party just to see what everybody would do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, like rap might be the genre that I have the least amount of music on, on my phone, on my Spotify. And mm. yeah, that's really taken a lot of influence from many different genres and applied that to, to my rap music. I think, so I think that helps to, yeah, see the characteristics of things that might not necessarily be my writing style and apply that to my writing style. Right. Yeah. And I think that has become a lot more common in recent years because of such a wide availability of, uh, music that we can listen to for sure and people being willing to blend things together yeah absolutely there's there's definitely some songs that come out that you're like oh is that actually rap like did he even rap but it's like <laughs> and 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 right. vice versa like just some really genre bending stuff that i mean is fine that's totally cool i i wouldn't want i wouldn't want music to ever be like put in a box where it's like you can't do that you know so, right right in the end, so, it's all music. That that makes me think of a question I I didn't plan to ask, but now I just thought of it. Uh, what would you say about Little Nas X, um, Old Town Road? Is is that a country song? Oh yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like <laughs> the only thing that would be country about that would be the lyrics, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, right. so technically, like. That's what I mean. Like, I don't like getting into the, well, technically, like, it checks off these boxes, so it's this. Um, mm -hmm. Because I would say it's a country rap song because he's rapping about country stuff. You know what I mean? Right, But right, I mean, like, right. I don't think it's necessary for, obviously, there's probably some, like, hardcore country fans that are like, you know, we don't want that rap in our genre or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there might be some people that refuse to accept that as a country song or that refuse to accept that mm. as a rap song, but... Yeah, for me, it's like, it's music, man. Well, yeah, it's weird that th th that whole thing was an issue because it, it's like there's some tribalism yeah, between for sure. these different fan groups and different artist groups. So you, you have people who, are, who almost want to keep others out. Yeah. Like, no, you, you can't do that. As if they don't deserve to appreciate that because they weren't there from the beginning kind of thing. Like, right. Yeah, actually, right. I, I kind of used to be like that myself. Like when I was in my early stages of writing rap, I was like such a lyrical focused guy that like any mm. song that had basically any chorus, I was like, nah, you know, like <laughs> anything melodic or if, if the lyrics weren't like amazing, like anything like Drake, like I used to just hate on Drake. I was a big hater and like, anything that was too mainstream i just didn't like and uh because mm. i was like it all has to be about the lyrics and you know but then as i started writing and opening up my my own spectrum of of writing to these melodic styles which helped me you know write more courses and stuff i think that uh you know me me dropping the judgment of these lyric of these music styles really helped me grow to appreciate mm. different things from different subgenres and kind of just make me a more skilled mu musician. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it always improves music when you can look outside the box to other yeah. 
artists and other styles. Absolutely. So I want to ask you about your name, oh, yeah. News. Where does that come from? Um, yeah, so it doesn't mean anything at all. And <laughs> the reason for that is because when I was young, like when I first started writing, I had a couple ideas of rap names. And throughout the years, I'm like, oh, I'll drop that one or this one's cool. And I spent really a lot of time, like there are times where I just sat there for hours, like researching like words and like meanings of, oh, this word means cool. What, what can that mean? And how can I put that with this to make this like all encompassing title that like is what I am, <laughs> you know? And I'm like going yeah. through all these things and nothing, nothing worked and nothing stuck with me. And then it was time to release my music. And I was just like thinking about words and I'm like, oh, news sounds cool. Let's go with that. So, so, so you were vastly overthinking it and then you just decided to go like yeah all right was, i'm choosing this yeah because i was like it has to be so perfect and then so nothing was perfect and right, then i just right. started thinking about it was like well maybe it doesn't have to be perfect <laughs> you know maybe it doesn't right. have to be this crazy thing maybe it can just be a name and then i through my music i make that into its own thing because of i'm not my name but the name will reflect me you know what i'm saying Right. Like you, you manifest over time, what the name means exactly. by your actions and music. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of creative people fall into that trap of like, this thing has to be perfect. This thing has to be perfect. Right. This thing has to be perfect. Yeah. Or I won't release it. Yes, for sure. That's a really good point. There's a lot of, I think that was one thing that really excelled me in my progress as, you know, learning how to rap and learning how to make songs was just doing it instead mm. of just thinking about it. Cause you can plan and plan and plan. And, but if you don't actually do the thing and put your song out there, like you're never going to go past that. So like now I look back at some of my old songs and I'm like, Oh, I don't like what I did there or wish I did that differently. But in the end, I don't care because I released that song and I learn and I move on and the next song is better. And I just take the knowledge and, you know, moving steps. It's not about, you can't over plan. You have to overdo, I think is the best way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's a nice little catchphrase. Yeah. Right. That, <laughs> it's going to be, a, it's going to be a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll come back to some more music stuff in a bit, but I, I wanted to ask you about mental health mm. uh, because this is something that I have uh, heard in your songs and then you've also written about it on social media. So uh, dealing with mental health issues has been a theme of many of your songs. And you've been open about the fact that you have Tourette's syndrome, uh, OCD, uh, ADHD, and have also battled depression and anxiety at different points in time. Yes. So would you mind giving me and the audience a little background about Tourette's and OCD? Because these are definitely two conditions that get shown a lot in popular media, like on TV shows and, and movies and stuff. Uh, but I, I doubt that they're very accurate because it always seems very extreme. Right. So, so could you... <clears throat> Just give us a little bit of information and, and background. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to say that uh, maybe those portrayals are accurate, but there's also like way more to it than that. Cause they usually pick these extreme cases of Tourette's and stuff. So people get the right. stereotype or like 
or how OCD is just people that need to clean or something, but it's like mm-hmm. way more than that. Um, cause like you, if you're watching this, like you may have seen me like move my face a little bit or something, but other than that, like, I'm not, I'm not screaming and like swearing, like you would see most, you know, most popular displays of Tourette's be, um, mm. so there are varying degrees of Tourette's of course, like there isn't anything, um, with my, I guess I'll just talk about my experience. So when I was five, I was diagnosed with a tick and a tick is any motor or physical, uh, action like vocal or physical, you know, exertion of anything. So mine was a mm-hmm. cough, like <clears throat> I would just cough on purpose. And, you know, the doctors went through a lot of why, why is he coughing so much? I just cough all day. And they narrowed that down to <clears throat> diagnosing me with a tick. And then Tourette's is, uh, Tourette's is diagnosed when you have <clears throat> many different kinds of ticks, or like if you have several vocal and physical ticks, instead of just having a tick, now you then have mm-hmm. Tourette's, you know what I mean? So I think lots of people have ticks. I think that's actually quite common. Like they might do a weird thing, like move their eyebrow or something like that. But once you have, once it goes beyond that and it's more then it becomes Tourette's. So, um, when I was 13 is when I was diagnosed with Tourette's and yeah. So like, luckily I have the severity of my case is that I can pretend to be normal if I absolutely need to. Mm. And that's like the biggest misconception because people are like, well, like if you have Tourette's, like, can't you just not do anything about it? And like, like, what do you mean you can be normal? Then you don't have Tourette's, right? <laughs> but like, mm. for me, I can, with a lot of mental energy, I can suppress most of my tics. And like, even right now, I get really, a lot of the tics come out when I'm, when, especially when I'm talking about Tourette's. So like, as of right now, I'm like moving my feet a lot and I'm, I've been playing with this fidget spinner the whole time. So what I'm mm. doing right now is kind of filtering my tics into other movements the best I can. Mm. And when I'm doing work that involves standing or moving or doing something physical or rapping or talking, then it's like, it's kind of filtering out the energy of those suppressions and it kind of releasing it in its own way. So that's why school is so hard for me. And I had, when I have to sit here, and not talk and not move and just like watch somebody and try to soak up their information. That when it, that's when it gets really hard for me. And so mm-hmm. it just, it's basically just physically and mentally exhausting to be trying to do something when most of my, or some of my brain is telling me to like, like do something weird, like move like this or whatever, like anything, anything like make a sound or move your face. And when you're trying to, spend all our energy to not do that. It's really hard and distracting. Um, so sometimes I'm just like, when I'm by myself, there are times where I look exactly like the, uh, <clears throat> the stereotypical like Tourette's dude. That's like going nuts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm by myself. So I'm like, oh, I don't need to waste my energy to suppress this. I can just let it go and it'll be fine. And mm-hmm. some, you know, my family members and people that have been close to me have seen that. Um, yeah, so I don't know how deep we want to go in, into this, but <laughs> uh, yeah. no, no, I, 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 think that's a good that's a good coverage. Yeah, of of the overall like about about the condition because um, 
I, I did know that there are, are levels right. of it, um, but I, I I didn't know I didn't know much. Uh, so I I think it's interesting, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Um, so how how much has music then been a an outlet to channel any difficulties that you that you have with either Tourette's or or other things? Yeah, so music. That was pretty much the reason I started writing is when I had, you know, battling with the, the anxiety and you know, that whole side of things, mental health. Um, it was always like an outlet for me to just write down, like, I'm feeling this way and it's like, I need to turn it into something, you know, get the energy out. So it, mm. lots of my lyrics have been, have been about that or motivated by the negativity. Um, and that's how it started. And yeah, then it was like a coping mechanism for many years and then it became a hobby and then it became now it's something that I do professionally that I'm pursuing. Um, but, and still to this day, like if I'm experiencing some, some negativity or mental health, like when I'm in really dark, dark places is when I'm the most creative. One thing I think is a really beautiful thing about music and my experience with it is that when I'm feeling a type of way, that's definitely not good. And negative is negativity is consuming me. I can, in that negativity, I can put myself in a creative space to feel these feelings and write them down in the form of music and then create that into an actual song that can then be shown to people who can listen to it in a positive way. Like whether the song is negative itself, when you're listening to music, like you're enjoying it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's become, it's become a tangible thing that is good from the negativity that I feel inside me. So that like really is just awesome to me that it's like, I feel this way and like it sucks and I, it's hard. But when I look back on songs that I've made that other people say like, yo, this song helped me, man. Or like, this is awesome. Like any, any, even just people listening to it without saying anything is like, it gives really meaning to the suffering. You know what I mean? It's, I feel like I'm just turning it into like goodness, you know? Right, right, right. You're, you're flipping yeah. the script and, and yeah. changing the narrative on your own. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Is there anything else that helps you cope when you have difficult days? Um, so lately I've been trying to do a lot of reading lately and there's this one, one thing I've, started doing is that when I have these negative thoughts, I just try to observe the thoughts mm. from like a perspective behind the thoughts, as opposed to becoming those thoughts, if that makes any sense. So it's like, I feel like as humans, there's, there's things that will happen that kind of try to, we try to become our emotions. So we'll have these negative thoughts and get sucked into that and we'll be this negative person or negative thinking person. But if we, if we can acknowledge that these thoughts are happening to that, these, if we acknowledge these emotions and look at them from a perspective of those are just my emotions, that's not actually who I am or what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Then you become mindful of that. And I think it gives less power to those negative emotions that want to take a hold of you and, you know, move your life that way. Right. That's something that I've been doing. It's, it's kind of like, it, I think it falls in with like meditation and mindfulness of like, 
not reacting totally emotionally, but like being in the now and reacting more practically, mm. you know what I mean? From your true self, as opposed to these negative influences. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very interesting uh, point about thoughts, negative thoughts. There's a phenomenon and I, I can't remember what it's called. There's a phenomenon that's been studied in psychology where it's like, everyone has these thoughts that are really terrible. Like let's, let's say, you know, a, a dog getting run over or, or you like <clears throat> killing someone that you love or something. And, and it's just like, they can come anytime, but they don't have any meaning. Right. So, so it's like just these horrible things that, that we as people think about sometimes, and we don't even know where they come from, but they don't have any actual meaning for our desires. Right. And I think that's another thing too, that I recently learned is like, in one way you can have those thoughts and then you think, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I thinking this mm -hmm. way? And, and you just make it worse. It's like, you feel bad and then you feel bad because you're feeling bad and then you feel worse. <laughs> right, right. And so it's, it's like, spiral down. Yeah, exactly. And then once I kind of realized, like, I read this one thing that I, I, not word for word, but it was like, you're only human. And like, once you kind of realize that these thoughts are just because you're a human, like you're going to think about stuff mm. and you're going to feel a certain way. But once you realize that it's not your fault, nothing's actually wrong with you that's just you're a human mm. and that kind of made it a little bit easier for me um to like you don't worsen it by your own judgment you know what i mean right you just let that be yeah right yeah you basically let it go yeah i i think that's uh that's that's good advice and if you could give any other additional advice to someone that's struggling with their mental health, what would you say? Um, basically, well, for me, I know it's hard when you're, it's really hard when you're in that state to see any, anything positive. That's the whole point. That's the whole problem. Mm. Um, but I know for me, it's like, there were times where I was really close to ending my life and now there's been many times where I've experienced something or some form of joy or done something. And especially with music or whatever, where I'm like, wow, I'm glad that I just stayed and waited. You know what I mean? Because there's been many instances where I'm like, I'm glad that I did not do that when I was young. Cause I would have missed this. Like mm. all the suffering is like at some point, at some point, like you will reach something that you're like, wow, I'm glad I waited for this. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's one thing that I would say. And, you know, get help and talk to people about it and don't try to deal with it yourself. And there's, it'll always, it will be better. You know what I mean? Right. And there's always people that will care. Right. And I know it's like, it obviously like the whole thing is easier said than done, but I mean, just, yeah, I just want to say personally that I've been glad that I stayed around. So like, I'm sure if you stay around, there'll be something you'll be glad about, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. Um, I, I think that that's good advice. And as you said, it's easier said than done, but, mm -hmm. uh, just talking about it is, is the first step. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So now I want to circle back to, uh, music 
and your work as a rap artist. So looking at your social media pages and your YouTube channel, your output has been pretty prolific. Um, I, I might be wrong on the exact number, but I counted 11 songs released in the last year with 10 live action music videos and then additional lyric videos. So yeah, that's about right. I think, I think in total, because it's only been like a year and a half since my first song, I think. So in total, it's like 15 songs, one collab, 10 of those are music videos or nine. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's been, con it's been definitely consistent, which I'm pretty proud about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and you also put out other content, like, um, you've done a couple of podcast episodes, you, you've done like some, some reaction videos and, mm -hmm. and then like little snippets of songs where you do some rapping. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so you've been putting out a lot of material. How do you keep up the energy to do all of that? And, and then how, how do you maintain it? Um, <clears throat> it's just been like, there's never been anything in my life that I've done that I just was so fully motivated for to do as until I started doing music. And it was just like this known, it just like came over me that it was known that this is like what I want to spend all my energy doing. Like, this is what I'm going to chase. I'm going to chase being successful in music. Mm. And if I don't, it's fine because I leave behind all this awesome stuff that I created. Mm. And so that just kind of fuels me like that, knowing that this is like the right thing. This was what I want to do undoubtedly, then it's like, I kind of stick to this, this plan of like releasing a song every, every, you know, four to six weeks. And I've posted something on my Instagram every three days since the first time I ever posted on my rap account. And yeah, so it's just, and also, cause I love doing it. Like, <laughs> you know, that's the big thing. I love making music. It's not like, Oh, I got to make another song so I can have another song. It's like, the songs just make themselves so and when it comes to the other the other content like reaction videos and stuff that came with uh, a lot of time on my hands you know in lockdown mm. and i didn't want that time to go to waste and i wanted to try to grow my youtube channel so i've been trying to do all those other, other things and yeah just become better at being a content creator by testing these new things and like being, you know, having my own podcast and doing these reaction videos. That's another, those are all new things to me. And I just really got addicted to like trying new things and mm. just broad, broadening the things that I can do. Right. And, and I think that's really important these days as a independent artist, you have to make use of so many different channels. Oh yeah, for sure. That's uh, yeah. The, the amount of time that I've spent marketing and the social media and all that stuff is like way more time than I've spent <laughs> actually making music. You know what I mean? And I think people don't realize that, like how much I actually work <laughs> for right. one song. Right. Right. Like, like people see the song and especially like the music video, like the amount of work that goes into something like that is insane. And people watch it and go like, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like, but do you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Right. It's like if you knew how, how much effort was in this, you would maybe yeah. watch another 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's what happens as like uh, once you're, uh, I think there's a phrase for it, but I can't remember. But like once you're involved in the creation of something, in the creation process of something, you just look at it differently. You know what I mean? So like before I ever made music videos or was in music videos, um, you look at them and you just enjoy it as a music video. Mm. But now I'm like, oh, how did they do that? Or like, that must have taken a long time. Mm-hmm. Or, wow, you know, that's how much did that cost to edit? You know, what's the budget of this music video? And like, <laughs> now you, I can respect all the actual work that goes into something. Even like, even just making a song, like people don't realize, like someone has to make that beat mm-hmm. from scratch. You have to go into the studio, record it. You don't just rap it once. You take a bunch of takes. Someone's got to mix and master it. They have to be professionals at that for it to sound good. Mm-hmm. And then you got to like, yeah, it's, it's just, you really appreciate that once you do it yourself. Right. You, you see behind the scenes and then because you are yeah. behind the scenes and then you appreciate mm-hmm. that for other people. Exactly. And because you've, uh, you've invested so much time and money as well. Do you feel pressure sometimes? Like if something is, doesn't go the way you want it, wanted it to, yeah. or, or, um, maybe what you envision is different from what actually happens. Yeah. So there's always the, you know, maybe I never make it and I spend all this money and all this time and I've never actually made any money off music. That's <laughs> always, it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> like it's ridiculously hard to make money off my music, off music. And, um, <clears throat> but I just like came to the ex- to the realization that if I just try for my whole life to make, make it and I don't, then I leave behind knowing that I tried what I could do to do, to get what I want. And I left behind, like basically everything in my soul is just like in my music and it's out there for when I, when I leave, you know what I mean? Mm. And yeah, so it, it could be a, a waste of money. But what I want, like the other side would be like, I save all my money. And then at the end I die and I'm like, oh, I like, at least I got this money. <laughs> like, yeah. At the end I'll be like, oh, well, I didn't chase any of my dreams and I didn't make any music. And like, but I got a nice job that I didn't like or blah, blah, blah. And like, I have money, but it's like, so that's the other side of it that I just know I don't want. So like, if it ends up to me, it's not going to be a waste. Come, It's not going to be a waste. Cause I, if I didn't start pursuing this, I'd still be wondering like, oh, what's, what am I going to do with my life? You know what I mean? And just the piece of knowing that I already know what I'm doing with my life, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. That's a great perspective because w- when you put out so much music and it, it is so deeply personal, mm-hmm. then you are leaving behind something that people can enjoy many years later. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, like I've listened to a lot of like obscure, um, psychedelic rock that people post on reddit and mm-hmm. and these these bands they were not well known in where where whatever countries and cities they came from and then it, right. it ends up on the internet like 30 40 years later and if oh, yeah. if one of my band's songs ends up like that 20 years from now or 30 years from now and some random kid listens to it in some random place then 
that's awesome and that makes it totally that makes it worth it totally man it's it's a beautiful thing for sure like yeah just making something that will stick around and it's yeah everybody has like their purpose or the, they want to live something meaning do something meaningful and yeah something as simple as like leaving a song behind man like that's that's awesome right it's a it's a meaningful thing for sure yeah mm -hmm. so I want to talk about uh, one song in particular of yours and right. the the video for it, the music video kind of put you on the map, I'd say, because it's how I first heard about you in a media feature is the, the song It's All Right. And yeah. in the video, you wear a grab bike uniform, which for people outside of uh, Southeast Asia, grab bikes are like taxis like motorcycle taxis or motorbike taxis that you can just um, call up on an app and they'll come pick you up so in the video you wear the uniform and, and you are shown picking up people around the city and it's got a lot of views tens of thousands of views on youtube so what about that concept do you think made it viral um I think in Vietnam, like there's a lot of appreciation for foreigners just doing things in Vietnam, like what, like Vietnamese things. Like you see all these things go viral of like just a foreigner's ask, mm -hmm. a foreigner's perspective of Vietnamese food, um, things like that really gets attention. And then I think me being a grab driver was pretty funny and interesting because like, that's obviously something that no foreigner does. In <laughs> like no one right. comes here to be a, a crab driver. <laughs> so I think, seeing, right. I think seeing that was pretty funny for, for most people, most Vietnamese people. Um, and yeah, that's, so that re resulted in the, uh, my first feature was on Vietnam news. Mm -hmm. And after that, I just had like quite a few opportunities cause they all kind of saw that and that accompanied with the fact that I think it's a good song <laughs> mm -hmm. um, was uh, yeah, was kind of what set it forward. So w w when those media features happened, did like some staff just contact you and um, the first thing actually was uh, my buddy, Steve, who does all my music videos, the owner of world trip and productions. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, a lot of my success is owed to him. So, shout out to World Trip and Productions. He's done, he was doing the he was doing the videos, and um, so he actually got a message from somebody at Vietnam News saying they want to interview us both and about that video because yeah, he's the legend behind the camera. So, and that was yeah. So that was the first thing. And after Vietnam News, um. Actually, like some radio stations from my hometown somehow saw that too. And then it was Winnipeg CBC radio. I had like a 10 minute podcast type interview on that, which is really cool. And then like VTV, like contacted me and I went on TV in Vietnam, which is uh, really cool too. And that was all kind of from that one song. Okay, video. cool. Yeah. The, the yeah. VTV thing is what I saw you. Um, I didn't, okay. I didn't see it on TV, but I saw it on the internet somewhere. Right, right, right. Yeah, that, that's cool. Um, and what, what are your reaction? What are the reactions that you get to your music from 
Vietnamese people because I imagine yeah. for some people it's difficult to follow because you've got like a lot of wordplay and um, like fast lyrics. Right. Yeah, that's definitely challenging. Um, I'm surprised how many of my fans don't even know any English <laughs> that they can still still say like that's really cool and. I think that's one thing that's awesome about music too, is like, you know, that rap, like they'll, some people will, that don't know much will argue that rap isn't music because it's just like saying words or something. I've heard people say that. But, yes. Yeah. But when you don't know what the words are and you still like it, that means it sounds good. That means it's music. Right. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Um, yeah. I can listen to uh, some Vietnamese songs because it sounds cool and I don't know what they're saying and I would appreciate it more if I knew what they're saying, but obviously it's still music, but that's a little off topic. Um, but yeah, lots of people still say, like, it's cool. And the lyrics that I have translated, I don't really know how effective they are because <laughs> my understanding of Vietnamese isn't enough to make sure. But I know it's really, really difficult to translate mm. wordplay. You can't really translate wordplay. It doesn't really work. Yeah. Puns. It doesn't really work. So you have to kind of take these literal all the literal meanings of the lyrics and translate that. So I'm pretty sure some appreciation is lost in that aspect, mm. but yeah, I've got lots of love from, from Vietnamese people and lots of other people too, that say it sounds good. So I'm glad they like it. Nice. And, and when you're making content, are you, or also songs, are you aware of like trends and kind of the flavor of the day? in Vietnam and do you alter anything that you create from that um, because you're living here? I've tried to start thinking about that. And lots of people always tell me like, Oh, you should add some Vietnamese lyrics in here, or make a song like this or, you know, something like that. And I've thought about doing that. And well, I guess that was kind of part of like why we did the grab driver video. Cause we're like, let's think about like how, what can actually like go viral. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but other than that, like when I make my music, it's quite authentic because I've never been like, oh, I'm not making music to say, uh, like, oh, I'm going to make it this way. So these people like it, or I have to do this. So these people like it. It's just been like a total reflection of what my creative body wants to create. Mm -hmm. So like that keeps it like authentic. And, um, but I would like to start throwing in some Vietnamese lyrics, but it's just, it doesn't come naturally to me when I'm writing. Right. Right. So I don't, I would have to like really focus on like what Vietnamese things can I say? Um, because for sure that would, you know, increase the Vietnamese, the amount of Vietnamese fans I have, we just sprinkle, sprinkle a little bit of <laughs> rap Viet in there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Vietnamese people do appreciate that. Like you were saying earlier, foreigners doing anything in Vietnam and like showing that off on the internet Yeah, is a big thing. Uh, it's yeah. all, also in, in music. Yeah. I, I just was curious about that because, um, I mean, I, I'm the same way with my band, I'm not writing anything that's like aimed towards the Vietnamese audience. Right. It's just right, what right. I want to do. But mm -hmm. at the same time, at some point you have to do something to connect more locally. Yeah. See, yeah. There's two sides. Like you may as well use 
like do what you can to utilize where you are, you know what I mean? And utilize your, the potential fans and do some things that maybe you wouldn't normally do to get those fans. I think that's just part of how bad do you want it? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> why, why not do that? You know? Right. But like, you can't also, you can't like fully drop your whole reason that you started making music just to like, only for the fact of getting fans. Like that's not why. You yeah. Yeah. Music, right. So it's like, you can do both. I think that's fine. As long as you don't lose the authenticity of your music. Right. Basically don't sell out. Yeah, pretty much. Don't be a sellout. <laughs> don't be a sellout. Don't be a <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we're, we're getting towards the end and I want to introduce a new thing, which I'm calling quick fire. So I've got 10 questions and I'm going to give you two choices and you don't give any context or reason for your answer. You just choose one and then I'll ask the okay. next one. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. So first one, Buncha or Bunka? Buncha. Okay. Uh, ba 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 or Bia Hanoi? 333 or oh. Bia Hanoi? If I saw them both in the fridge, I'd pick a Hanoi. Okay. Beaches yeah. or mountains? Mountains. Chill at the park or hit the club? <sighs> Ooh, I like <laughs> both of those things. What day is it? <laughs> Do I have to work tomorrow? Friday. <laughs> okay. Hit the club, I guess. Maybe. Okay. A thousand views on YouTube or a thousand streams on Spotify? Uh, YouTube. Okay. Elephants or giraffes? Giraffes. Full body sunburn or crippling hangover? <sighs> crippling hangover probably came with some fun before that, at least. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan or Public Enemy? Wu-Tang. Okay. Zombies or vampires? Zombies. Okay, and <laughs> last one, bum gun or wet wipes? Bum gun all the way, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to ask for any explanations or anything. All right, just, all right. Just open to interpretation. Rapid fire, yeah. All right. Uh, so now I want to ask about you, some of your goals. What are your key short-term and then long-term goals as an artist? Um, yeah. So short-term is just to keep consistently making music and music videos and content. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the only short-term thing is to keep going. And long-term would be, I would love to be, um, making money. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <music. laughs> I would love to, I've had two performances before COVID came. That was it. So I'd really love to be performing a lot more, mm. uh, in Hanoi. And like, I can see myself in the future, you know, going to Saigon for like a week and performing every day at a different club or something. I think that'd be sick. So I really, that part is a new, that's a, one of the newest aspects of my music journey is the performing part. Mm -hmm. So I really, when I started that, it was like, oh, this is sick. And then, but COVID, you know, so I really hope to get going hard in that aspect again. Okay, sweet. Uh, yeah. We definitely hope to see you down here in Saigon. Do you want to give any shout outs or spotlight any projects that you're working on right now before we um, go? 
Big shout out to World Trip and Productions. I really owe Steve a lot because of the magic he does with the camera in my music videos. So if you need any kind of content creation, check him out. And um, yeah, so as far as future projects, like you got to follow me on YouTube because I'm always dropping new new songs all the time, new music videos all the time. And um, yeah, there's always going to be something coming soon. So my music's available everywhere all streaming platforms, but YouTube's the one I'm focusing on the most. And that's where the cool visuals are going to be. So you can check that out. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so there we have it. Episode six of soundscape Vietnam is in the books. And today is featuring Luke Lowen, AKA noose. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I'm going to put links in the description so you can easily follow noose. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe to the show. Thanks again, Luke, for joining me today, and good luck with all your projects. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Good talk. All right. So signing off, this is Jeremy. Have a great day, everyone. Peace.